0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to be seated. Back in the early 1980s, way back when, I had some expectations. I had serious expectations, my friends, expectations of what I was going to get for Christmas, One of the items on my list was one of these bad boys right here. You ever seen one of those? (laughs) This was the Casio PT-82, I believe. Serious stuff, my friends, back in the day. It had different tones. It had a little speaker. It even had the rhythm section. Battery operated. You could take that thing anywhere. You can't take that organ to the beach. But the Casio PT-82, you could. I was sure that I was gonna get this keyboard for Christmas because one, it was really high up on the list. It didn't cost that much money, relatively inexpensive. So based on those two factors alone, the odds were pretty good I was gonna get it. But I had some other assurances. I may have told you this story before, and if I have, please forgive me, but a week or two before Christmas, I just happened to be looking through my mom's closet. I wasn't snooping around or anything. I think I was organizing her shoe collection. (laughs) But I happened upon a bag. And in that bag, there were Christmas gifts. And there was a keyboard in a box in that bag. I took that box out of the bag. I looked at the Casio PT-82. I even took it out of the box, which was a bad move. It took me forever to get it back in. I don't know where my mom was. Maybe she was at the store or something, but I got it back in the box, got it back in the bag, put it in the closet, and no one caught me. Whew. But I felt really, really guilty about what I had done. It's just not right to do something like that with Christmas gifts, right? And plus, it kind of spoils the surprise of it on Christmas morning or eve, whatever type of family you are. I knew though, 100% that I was going to get that keyboard for Christmas. Christmas Eve came, Christmas morning came. We started opening up our Christmas. I was pretty confident I knew what I was going to get. But guess what happened? I did not get the Casio PT-82 for Christmas. It was not under the tree. I was dumbfounded. I was completely shocked. I was confused. I was kind of angry, to tell you the truth. But really, I had no right to be. And I couldn't lament over it or I I couldn't divulge it to anyone because then I would admit the crime that I had previously committed. (laughs) So there I was, Christmas morn, left with expectations unfulfilled. And it was a good lesson in all sorts of ways. But for today's sermon, it got me thinking about expectations. We have certain expectations sometimes. And not only are we pretty sure that something is going to go down in a certain way, but sometimes we are 100% sure. Sometimes we do that with Christmas. Christmas and the way Christmas should be and what we want to get out of it and how it's supposed to happen. Sometimes we have expectations of God and who he is and how he should operate in the world and how he should be. We 100% know what he's gonna do for our lives. But sometimes our expectations are derelict and we are left dashed, dumbfounded, debunked, deflated, and disappointed. Expectations defied. How did you like that alliteration, Pastor Bob? Now I'm sure you have some expectations. You've got some expectations of how the next eight or nine days are gonna play out during this Advent season as we anticipate and we yearn for God to come into our lives as he comes to us in the gift of holy baptism, as we celebrate for Harper Hope this morning, as he comes to us at the Lord's Supper, as he comes to us on Christmas, and we yearn for the day when Jesus will come again. We even sing that song during this season, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus. We have expectations of Jesus. We have expectations of how Christmas should be. We have expectations of how Jesus should operate in the world. And sometimes, sometimes we know 100% what he's going to do with our lives. Except when he doesn't. And for some reason, we don't get the Cassio PT 82 on Christmas morning. Something similar to that is happening in our gospel reading for today. I don't know if you heard it as we read it just a moment ago. And for these three Sundays leading up to Christmas, these three Sundays of Advent, we see John the Baptist, he's leading us to Christmas. He's preparing the way as he was born to do. Last week, Luke chapter 3. Pastor Tim talked about the Baptist saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and be baptized. Next week, we're going to see John leap in his mama's tummy. But this week, we see John asking some tough questions. In fact, John is having an internal wrestling match, a struggle, an existential identity with his expectations. If you keep reading Luke chapter 7, you're going to see that this question of expectations is all over the place. John has expectations of Jesus. The crowds, they have expectations of John. The religious leaders have childish and arrogant expectations of John and of Jesus. And all these people's expectations are being deflated and disappointed and defied in Luke chapter 7. But let's talk about John, John the Baptist. In all four of the Gospels, the relationship between John the Baptist and Jesus is intriguing. First, John baptizes Jesus, which is mind-blowing. John is the last of the Old Testament prophets. In fact, you heard it just a moment ago. Jesus talks about John and says these words in 7 verse 26. What did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more, more than a prophet. This is the one. John is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. My friends, John is a big deal. But John seems a bit confused by Jesus' actual ministry as if he didn't quite expect. He didn't expect Jesus to be doing the things that he was doing. In fact, John sends his own disciples over to Jesus. He sends them, verse 19, he sent them to the Lord to ask Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Luke repeats it in verse 20 and says, When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask you, Jesus, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? John had waited. John had worked. John had hoped. John had announced. John had prepared the way for this Jesus. But now he's wondering. He's wondering, was it all for nothing? You see, John's expectations of Jesus are being challenged. His expectations of who Jesus is and how Jesus should work and how things were supposed to go and what it meant to be the Messiah. And for us, as we kind of read it, it's a little bit surprising when you read the Gospel of Luke because Luke tells us that John and Jesus were actually cousins, and as family members, you would think that they would have familiarity with each other, maybe let each other in on their plans of how things were going to go down. And already, John had been used in unexpected ways, right? Pastor Tim talked about this last week. The sinners, the tax collectors, the soldiers, they were going out to the desert, not to the temple. They were going out to the desert and admitting that they needed God in their lives. And they were being baptized for the forgiveness of sins. The religious elite, the religious leaders of the time, they arrogantly and childishly were rejecting John and Jesus. They didn't expect God to show up in this desert in this, with this wild-eyed John the Baptist who ate locusts and wild honey and had that camel hair coat on. But John, despite being used by God in that most unexpected way, even John, he began to wonder about how Jesus was working in the world. Because the reason John didn't go and ask Jesus personally because, you see, John was in prison. John had sent his messengers to Jesus because at that time he had stood up and he had challenged the evil political leader at the time, his name is Herod, And Herod threw him in jail. And so John is sitting in prison. And the life he was living was not what he expected. And he starts to realize that Jesus didn't come as some powerful king like King David 1,000 years And it seems that even John was thinking about Jesus like the rest of everyone. He wanted a Messiah who would run the Romans out of town. He wanted to bring Herod to justice. He wanted governmental peace and earthly prosperity. And so John from prison sends a message to his cousin. Jesus, are you the one or not? Jesus sent messengers back to him. Verse 22 He replied to the messengers, go back and report to John. Go back and report to John what you have seen and what you have heard. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the most important thing of all, the good news, the gospel is proclaimed to the poor. It's almost as if John thought he was going to get a Casio PT-82 for Christmas. But when Christmas came, it was nowhere to be found. Jesus was not coming as a political leader or a military force. He wasn't coming to bring a new worldly government. He was coming to bring salvation and health and healing and eternal good news, real salvation, enduring salvation to people's hearts and to their lives and to their souls and he came in vulnerability he hung on a cross with a crown of thorns he didn't sit on a political throne with a crown of jewels and he brought redemption to all humanity the hindsight's 2020 right looking back at it we're kind of like oh yeah naturally we know all that we realize how effective his leadership model was there are Billions, 2.3 billion Christians in the world today. No government, no country, no political leader has lasted or endured like Jesus. But John, he couldn't see how it was going to play out. He couldn't see that he was going to share in Jesus' suffering. He couldn't see that just like all the prophets before that he would endure persecution, he didn't see that he was going to die for the cause just like Jesus. John had different expectation. And I think that John's confusion, it teaches us something this morning on our Advent journey to Christmas as we journey together to Jesus. Because if John, the forerunner and the messenger, the Old Testament prophet, if John... Wasn't quite sure to make of Jesus. And by the way, everyone in the Gospels, they weren't weren't sure what to make of Jesus either. He was defying expectations all over the place. He's redefining the expectation of what it meant to be the Messiah. He was surprising people all over the place. And sometimes that surprise, it was met with delight. And sometimes it was met with dismay. And if that happened to John, perhaps we shouldn't be surprised when it happens to us. We have certain expectations of Jesus, don't we? Maybe we look only for a Jesus, merely a Jesus who will keep our country strong. Or maybe we look only for a Jesus who will protect us when we have times of trial. Or maybe we look for a Jesus who's just going to validate our values or our politics or our materialism or some sort of lifestyle we have. Or maybe we just expect Jesus to answer yes to every prayer request that we have. John the Baptist, this text for the day, is inviting us to go deeper. And if you've been on the planet Earth for any length of time, you know that that's not how it plays out, right? Life at times is unfair and uneven and unreasonable, and we don't get what we expect. Sometimes even the godly suffer and the wicked prosper, it's not what we expect. And sometimes, I know there's some of you in this room right now, you feel like this. You feel like you are imprisoned like John. Maybe because of a broken family or failing health or loneliness or depression or a lost job or abuse or neglect or addiction or financial problems or abandonment or grief and loss or death or divorce. I mean, we could go on and on. And you might be sitting in that prison like John saying, this is not what I expected sometimes in those prisons, we cry out like John and we say, are you the Messiah or not? And one of the great gifts of this passage from Luke chapter 7 is that Jesus actually gets it. He knows that he is not living up to John's expectations. He knows that he hasn't lived up to our expectations of him. But Jesus doesn't come in authoritative and judgmental and pounding his fist on the table. He doesn't say to John, have some respect. John, I'm the Lord of the universe. You peon, you should be groveling at my feet. Instead, Jesus invites John to observe, to see and to hear the beginning of what he is doing to redeem all of humanity. And he's showing John that he wasn't going to be a a Messiah that would wrathfully and execute vengeance upon the enemies of Israel. He would not be a messiah of wrath. Instead, Jesus reveals himself to be a messiah of mercy, of compassion, of humility, of servant leadership, of forgiveness, bringing and offering healing and wholeness to every human being on the planet earth, whether they are in prison or not, Jew or Gentile. His ministry would not be to execute wrath, but rather to absorb the end-time wrath of God in human flesh on the cross for all people. It's a theology of the cross. It's a journey to the cross. And nobody, nobody expected that. Nobody saw that coming. Not even John, his cousin, who prepared the way for him. Sometimes you don't get what you expect for Christmas or from God. But my friends, in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, you always get an invitation. An invitation to see that he is doing something new in the world, that he is turning the world's ways upside down, that he is on a mission of mercy and forgiveness and grace and compassion, and servant-leaderness, and humility. And he's inviting us to not only receive all those gifts, but to share those gifts with a world that desperately needs it. And that work is hard, right? That work is tough. That work is sacrificial. It leaves you tired and exhausted at the end of the day. But that work is righteous, and it is holy, and it is completely rewarding, and it's what he's created us to be and to do. I saw it come alive. I see it come alive in our church all the time. I saw it come alive yesterday just across the street bunch of our people I think at least 60 of our people demonstrated mercy and compassion and humility and forgiveness and servant leadership the way of the Messiah they hosted a Christmas party for 500 plus foster children and their families they were blessed by Jesus people my friends it wasn't a government thing it wasn't a political thing it wasn't a money thing it wasn't a Hollywood thing it wasn't a fame thing it was not a power thing It was the way of Jesus. Humble, compassionate, mercy-filled, free, and loving. That's the way of Jesus. You can always expect that he's inviting you to receive that for your life and to share that with your life. Whether you're in prison or not, you can 100% expect to get that this Christmas. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen? Amen.